Well, hello. Uh, well, welcome to Supply Side and Conversation number four. Uh, it's a regular event now. And as you know, uh, if you've been watching any of these, you'll have seen some of them perhaps on our YouTube channel or more recently on our, on our podcast, which you can get through Spotify just by searching up Supply Side. So today's an interesting one. It's, it's a little bit insurancey, but mostly it's about an insurance person who's been doing something pretty interesting lately. It's a friend of mine from Suncorp, Brendan Bolton. Morning, Brendan. Good morning, Rob, and good morning, listeners. Well, and viewers, even. And viewers, <laughs> and viewers. Good uh, morning, uh, all. Brendan, you've been doing something really interesting lately. What have you been doing? Rob, it's, uh, I've been a participant on the 2021 Simpson Desert Challenge, uh, raising money for Young Care. Young Care is an organisation that supports uh, young people, which they classify as people who are under 65. Uh, people with higher care physical needs stay out of aged care homes. And so hence not aged care, but young care. And uh, me and 14 trekkers have walked pretty much from the border of the Northern Territory in South Australia and Queensland to Birdsville and almost raised a million dollars. We're up to something like 960,000 right now, which is a, a tremendous total between 14 trekkers. Can you just tell us a little bit more about Young Care? Why is it an important issue that they're focused on? Yeah, sure, sure. So, so Young Care started about 16 years ago, and, and in my day job, I, I worked for Suncorp. Suncorp were a foundation partner of Young Care. About 16 years ago, they they recognised that the founder of Young Care actually uh, had a his wife contracted MS, and he was looking around for what services were available for her and. And unfortunately, the, the services then, as they are now, are, well, look, if you can't look after her, then you've got to put her in aged care. Uh, Young Care was established then by this uh, by the founder to, to give an alternate to um, aged care for people with high physical needs. That Young Care has uh, several houses in, in Brisbane and in, in other capital cities where uh, it's, they've created independent living for um high physical needs um, for, uh, residents and they also have a grants program where they can install ramps and, and uh, hoists and, and whatever equipment is needed by, uh, by those with physical disabilities. So it's a tremendous organisation and, and the work they do is, is so important. Mm. And they run these, uh, uh, well, these challenges, uh, not infrequently, uh, no. And you said there were about 14 people take part in this one? That's right. That's right. They run the, these, the Simpson Desert Challenge runs every two years. Uh, they, um, they typically run it from the, the centre of Australia out to, to Birdsville. It's typically about 250 kilometres. And the purpose of it is really to take away choice from the trekkers. So you're not, you have no control over when you eat. They'll provide you food when it's, you know, you know at certain times. Uh, they take away your dignity. You have to go to the bathroom in front of these 14 strangers. And that's something that people with high physical needs experience in aged care. Uh, and they, they, they take away your, um, you know, the, the amenities of modern life. So there's no internet, there's no phone, there's no alcohol, there's, there's no sugar. And all these things give you a little bit of a taste of what it's like day to day for, for people living in, a, in the aged care system. And it was about 250 kilometres or so over nine days? Over nine days, that's right. That's right. So the 
we walked, so I only got back last Monday and we walked probably about 30, 35 Ks a day. And it was, it was um, yeah, so we had to start it. Being in the desert, you want to start early. So we were walking in the dark, starting every morning at 5.30, uh, just lit by, by head torches. And then we'd finish every day sort of about mid-afternoon, about 3, 3.30. And by then it's it's frightening how quickly the weather changes. It goes from being 30 degrees to being about 8. And so your jackets are coming out pretty quickly after you come to camp. And, I mean, it's a desert. People probably mm. have a picture in their mind of what a desert is, but it's mm. a pretty variable uh, area of Australia, isn't it? It's very. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it really is. When you fly over that part of Australia, as probably most people watching or listening have, it's uh, it, it looks featureless. But when you're down there on the ground, it was phenomenal how different the types of vegetation were. We ha- we started off in very sandy country, as you'd expect, but then we quickly walked into an, an area about three days in, which was the riverland. So quite tall trees, we could find shade. Uh, the vegetation was completely different and there were even cattle sort of moping around the, the campsite because of the, the grass. And and every three years when that area floods from the Northern Territory and feeds into Lake Eyre in South Australia, that whole area becomes very fertile. And it was amazing to see the change. We were then walked out of there back into sand and then walked through um, this terrible stuff called gibberstone which i don't recommend walking on it's it was 17 kilometers the most uneven awkward painful rock that you can imagine and then uh then there were fields of grass randomly just wild grass just as far as the eye could see so it was a real variety now you've got a couple of photos you can uh, i do i do let me let me fire this up for you rob and viewers it's just wanted to give everyone a bit of a taste. So when you're in the Simpson Desert, you're you're blessed with this uh, view of 1,100 parallel sand dunes. And when you're walking the Simpson Desert, you really appreciate that it's <laughs> a parallel sand dune. So you measure your life by the number of sand dunes you're going to walk on a morning or uh uh, you know, or in an afternoon. Uh, this is, as I said, the more sandy country. And then the next day we're walking across these salt, uh, old salt lakes. So when the, the water comes through, this all becomes flooded and it becomes teeming with life when, it, when the water goes and it, and it all evaporates. This is what's left, this wonderful crusty surface that is, um, is quite funny to walk across. And so this is actually the border between the Northern Territory, which is on the, um, the photo side of the photo, and then over there is Queensland. So we were walking across. And if anyone's been interested to see, this is what the, the corner of, of Queensland, Northern Territory in South Australia looks like. This is a little figure in the ground called Popple's Corner. And, the, and Popple, just for, just for a brief anecdote, Popple uh, was, a, a I think, a German uh, surveyor measuring South Australia in the mid 1800s. He takes his chain out to measure the corner of the country, to measure the corner of South Australia, gets back, realizes the chain's two and a half inches too short, and then has to do it again. And so that brown mark on the left is actually where he, he measured to. And this mark here is the actual corner. So he wasn't too far wrong, but because his chain had 
been affected by the conditions, by the hot and cold, that it actually shrunk. And <laughs> it wasn't accurate. And to a surveyor, a German surveyor, nonetheless, it was just too much for him. And so he, he uh, unfortunately passed away doing the second attempt. And so eventually the real corner was found by somebody else, but they've named it after him to honour his effort first time up. And then the other. Yeah. And then we've got a, and then just as just every morning when you're walking at 5.30 and the dawn comes up, you see this incredible um, landscape, this red dirt uh, forms in these beautiful waves and it, it's just so still. And on a morning, you can also see like tracks. So there's a real um, a story that's told. You see camel tracks, foxes. We saw um, a, a dead um, feral cat, um, little uh, marsupial mice, uh, and even uh, a little ringed brown snake I stepped on, uh, which two things happened. <laughs> Everyone thought, oh, wow, we've seen a snake. And I also achieved a personal best for my vertical jump which uh, up until then hadn't been that impressive, but that snake certainly helped me. And then as we walk along every day, this is what you see. So it's just big, long stretches of horizon. And to break it up, we're, we challenge ourselves to say, oh, how far is this, you know, how far is the end of the horizon? And you'd, you'd guess and try and match your Apple Watch's, you know, estimation. And the big thing of walking too is the flies. There's uh, no shortage of, of small, really, uh, insidious flies out in the centre of Australia who seem to have a common brain and they just love to either fly up your nose or fly in your eye. They're trying to seek moisture, so they love a, a shoulder or a backpack and they'll just sit there and ride everyone's gear for, for the whole trip. And um, this is one of the medics. Uh, this is Matt Boyd, did a great job of keeping looking after all of our feet and uh, the young care flag. Uh, and I'd like to say that you only sit on one of these things once, but it actually hit <laughs> so everywhere. You sit on them uh, pretty much every time you put down your bag. They are the most hardened, awful, spiky seed thing that you you can ever find. They were incredible. So, yeah, there's oh, a little, little bit experience. of a taste of the Simpson Desert there. Yeah, it was an yeah, amazing experience. experience. Mm. And um, for those of us, uh, well, I'm in lockdown, but... Um, Clearly, Australians aren't going overseas anywhere. It's a great example of some of the extraordinary things are still on our continent that most of mm. us have never seen. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it took us... Uh, the, one fact for the viewers and listeners, it, it's about, say, 850 k's from Sydney to Brisbane. It's 1,600 kilometres from Brisbane to Birdsville. It, it's almost double the distance uh, to Sydney as it is to Birdsville, it's so far west. You don't quite appreciate how wide Australia is until you're travelling there. Mm. And you're yeah. still fundraising. Uh, I think you've still fundraising. Yes, up. yes, yes, absolutely. People can still fundraise uh, and still donate till the um, the end of June. Would love to have you along. Uh, sorry, and and for those who play golf, would love to have you along to a, a golf day that we're holding in Sydney at Concord Golf Course on the 24th of June, Thursday the 24th. It's a shotgun start at 7 a.m. and um, lots of prizes. Uh, Rob can, um, yep. I'll pass on to Rob the details. Look down we'll, here in we'll somewhere in the there. comments of the uh, yes. links. Uh, yep, so um, we'll, we'll make sure people have got a spot to go there for that. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Yeah, it's our biannual um, Suncorp, um, uh, Suncorp Young Care Golf Day, so it'd be great to have people coming along. 
And um, so it is a somewhat insurancey sort of uh, uh, conversation. So yeah, what what are the you you work in the public policy area predominantly? I do. Yeah, and there That's are some right. of the big public policy issues that are uh, you guys are thinking about at the moment. And you're in um, personal injury predominantly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so personal injury, uh, Suncorp's involved in the motor accident, what we call the CTP, um, compulsory third-party uh, insurance, that's for motor. And then on um, the workers' comp side, that's mainly my my area of focus. I work on the the underwritten workers' comp schemes, which uh, WA, the Northern Territory, uh, the ACT in Tasmania, as well as the, the government-run schemes in, in New South Wales and Victoria. And so, yeah, for personal injury, it's it's never a dull moment in in public policy. Uh, some of the issues that we're they're grappling with at the moment is particularly the effect of the lockdown and the impact that's having on mental health around the country. It's um, you know, I think you're in your fourth lockdown now, Rob. So your your um, friends and colleagues in Victoria are struggling, and that's certainly having um, that, that's certainly changing the way that we we support. Uh, people on a workers' comp claim in that environment. Uh, we've, we're also looking at uh, how we can communicate with our, our, our participants in the schemes a lot better. Um, there's, a lot of, there's been a, a lot of focus on financial services and the way that we can service our customers better, and that's certainly true of, of workers' compensation schemes. It's a bit of a, an anachronism, really. Workers' compensation suggests there's compensation um, coming to you in some form, but really the schemes are much more about returning you back to your pre-injury state. And so it's much more about putting supports around the person, giving them the, the doctor's visits, making appointments for them, giving them the support that they need to get back to, um, to full health and, and, and back to work. And then finally, it's, it's really about building the, the capability within our, our own uh, side that, we, that workers' compensation is so complicated. Personal injury is so complicated. You've got to know about legislation. You've got to know about the human body. You've got to be able to influence uh, doctors and, and, and uh, professionals at the top of their field. And then you've also got to uh, you know, write all this up and explain where a claim is going to your, to your manager in, in the personal injury insurance space. So it, it's a very complicated set of skills that, that our people need. And it's um, about giving them the support and training and education that, that helps them be the best claims managers and, and technical advisors that they can be. Mm. Well, it's a busy time. Uh, well, firstly, thanks for having a chat to us today. Uh, thanks for having me, Rob. Obviously, we'll be on the YouTube, which you can share freely amongst your friends and family, no doubt, now that you're famous. Thank you. Yes, uh, obviously, yes. and the Spotify. Uh, as I mentioned before, everything will be down in the comments about where you can click on. Um, and uh, thanks so much for telling us about Young Care. Mm. It's a special organisation doing great things. Uh, there's your just, young hat. There's a young care hat, just in case anyone wants to be reminded of the logo. That's it. That's it. Yep. And um, so thanks so much. And um, uh, we'll uh, talk again soon. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.